0: Let's dive right in. What is good? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some things that might mess with your mind or your belief system, but in the best way. Because after all, you don't know what you really believe until it's challenged. And you don't know the truth you stand under until it's tested. So we're gonna just, you know, poke at it a little bit today and see what happens for you. We're gonna talk about the unfair advantage. Typically, you hear this in the business world, an unfair competitive advantage. You also hear about this in the realm or arena of sports. You can see a whole lot of that. And there can be all sorts of explanations or reasons why one group is favored or over another or why one business is more successful than another, right? But... Essentially, at its core, an unfair advantage is something that puts you in a better position than other people, okay? Something that puts you in a better position than other people. Now, While I will not usually advocate for building evidence for this, I do think it's important around the topic that we're going to share on today, which has a lot to do with the Holy Spirit, because this is what I just want to bring up for you in case you haven't thought about it, right? When you are partnered with the Holy Spirit, you have an unfair advantage in comparison to those that do not have access to that relationship or those that are not actively partnered with that relationship. And I'm going to give you some explanations or some things to consider as to why that's the case. Now, you can also take your life pre-God, pre-relationship and direct connection with God to post- right to being born again to to really becoming activated in god aware of god developing a relationship with god right to me for example there's a night and day difference right old self new self and i still get to choose every day who i activate right but there is a huge difference in terms of just some basic things like my vision my identity the level of anxiety i carry how much i try to take on the wisdom that i embody how I conduct my behavior in the world, where I put my trust and my confidence, right? What information I seek and what I don't, what I pursue and what I don't. It's changed all the things, (laughs) all the things, right? My value system, my standards, all the things, okay? So I just want to highlight a couple of things. If you've never, ever considered this before, why you might be in in an advantage when you have relationship with God, why this is such a beautiful thing that maybe you actually haven't given credit to, right? Maybe you haven't completely honored the relationship with God at this level. Okay. So first and foremost, Holy Spirit, right, is a person. Okay. It actually says in Acts 8 and also Acts 11 and 13 that the Holy Spirit can speak. So though some people don't think the Holy Spirit can speak because they think the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force or simply a presence, the Holy Spirit can speak, okay? The Holy Spirit is is really able to reveal things to us that we wouldn't otherwise know. The mysteries of God, Holy Spirit can reveal that to us, particularly when we're reading the Word of God too. Different bits and pieces of the Word of God may be highlighted to you, all right? So... There is biblical proof for those that, that need it that the Holy Spirit is a person. Because here's the thing, a real person has the attributes of personality, which include mind, will, and emotions, okay? Does the Holy Spirit have a will? He actually dis- distributes spiritual gifts to Christians as he wills, followers of Christ, right? Those that follow after Christ's example, Okay. Does the Holy Spirit have a mind? It actually says he searches the deep things of God and knows them. (laughs) Does the Holy Spirit have emotions? We're actually told to grieve not the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit can be grieved, then he has emotions. Because the Holy Spirit has a mind, a will, and emotions, we know that he is a person in the most simple form. Okay, A real person also has the capacity to have relationships with others. That's the primary reason we have a mind, will, and emotions. According to Philippians 2, the Spirit is able to have fellowship with us. According to 2 Corinthians 13, the Holy Spirit can have communion with us. So one who is able to commune and have fellowship is capable of personal relationships. Therefore, Holy Spirit is a person, not just a force, an impersonal, intangible force or power that you can't see, right? Holy Spirit is a person, okay? So if this is new, why is this important for you? What does this mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is a real person, not just a force or a presence or a power, okay? You experience relationship with Holy Spirit. So understand that the Holy Spirit is a real person, Right, You must recognize him as a person. He can speak. He is praying for you just as Christ is praying for you. He will teach you what you need to know. He will guide you in your decisions. He tells you that you are a child of God. He will personally clean up the quote unquote rooms of your innermost being when you let him. That's why there's no healing or deliverance like when you come into relationship with God and invite God into these deep places of your hearts. You can submit to his voice or reject his voice. And if you disobey his voice, he will be grieved. Respecting the Holy Spirit as a person is necessary for your relationship with him. Okay? And you can really do this. You can really respect and honor that relationship by listening to the Spirit. Take time to create space for and to listen to the Holy Spirit. So don't just wait For an audible voice, often that that's not how you hear from Holy Spirit, but listen as he speaks to the word. Learn to understand what many call the prompts and the checks of the Spirit, right? What is that like personally, firsthand by you to experience? You can experience these because the Spirit as a divine person has taken a personal interest in you. And have you ever thanked him for that? crazy, right? The Holy Spirit is God, okay? Sometimes we don't even connect this, but the Holy Spirit is the all-knowing, all-seeing, everywhere-present God. In Acts 5, it teaches us that the Holy Spirit is God, right? Ananias says uh, he was struck dead. Before Ananias was struck dead, Peter told him, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to men, but to God. So from this event in Acts 5, we can see that lying to the Holy Spirit is the same as lying to God. Therefore, Holy Spirit is God, according to this, right? There is more scriptural evidence, too, that the Holy Spirit is God. We can see in the Bible that the words of God are the words of the Holy Spirit inspired. We are a temple of God because the Holy Spirit indwells us. The one who is born of the Spirit is said to be born of God. So the Holy Spirit is God himself, the third person of the Trinity. And it's important to believe in this personhood of the Holy Spirit because you cannot give him honor and respect, specifically the honor and respect that he deserves, if you don't consider him a divine person. In fact, I find it doubtful that someone can be really in relationship, right, with without really recognizing this about Holy Spirit. Okay. So super, super important. Now, also for you to know the Holy Spirit is at work in the world and in your heart today. Okay. This is the main point that I want to highlight here and why you have an unfair advantage. If you believe this, the Holy Spirit speaks to us because he is the third person of the Trinity sent by the father and the son to work in our hearts. The Holy Spirit was active in creation. He has inspired the scriptures. So what does he do today? He convicts the world of sin. He regenerates the repentant believer and gives assurance to those of us who are saved. He sanctifies us. He fills us with his presence. He gives us power to live holy lives and to be witnesses for God. He helps us understand the Bible. He under- he enables us to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit He gives gifts to each member of the church so that each of us in the body of the church right, can contribute as the Spirit desires, and he seals us for the day of redemption, guaranteeing our inheritance in heaven. So how do you personally apply this? Asking yourself some basic questions is a great check-in. Are you allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to work in your life? Are you letting him sanctify you? And I'll give you an example about what might need some sanctification here in a minute. Has he given you power to be an effective witness? Are you manifesting the fruit of the Spirit? Have you discovered the spiritual gifts that the Spirit has given you? Are you letting him use you in the body of Christ? So the Holy Spirit wants to take up personal residence inside of us. And we can have, we can have a joyful life filled with the presence of the Spirit every day. And we can listen carefully for the Spirit, for He constantly loves to encourage and empower those who are willing to obey His voice and study the Scripture. Okay? So just a couple of... Scriptures as reference here, there's so many, I think I have about 33 <laughs> that I've been looking over, but here's just a few to have hit your spirit. First Corinthians 12:11, But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. First Corinthians 2 verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, Romans 8.26 says, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans 8, 15, and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's how you can really identify your identity in Christ. Recognize it, right? And... Just lastly for now, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so having a relationship with Holy Spirit can give you an unfair advantage particularly when we are walking in a very dark world, okay? And you have permission, for the record, in terms of mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, to jump off social media and have boundaries on that, or to not watch the news and consume too much news, right? If it's too much for you to bear, you don't have to constantly consume that so that you can actually create some space for connection with Holy Spirit and wisdom. Okay, so for whoever needed to hear that today, (laughs) there you go. All right, now expounding on the Holy Spirit here for a second, this relationship, right, when you properly honor and respect it, it really is helping you encounter God's heart, experience God's heart personally, and gain skillful and godly wisdom. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is full of extraordinary wisdom, also known as the spirit of skillfulness, right? I don't know about you, but I, I constantly could use more wisdom and skillfulness as I approach things in my life, right? And the Holy Spirit is the aspect or or a part of the Lord that releases the ability for music, art, business, writing, creativity, and even wisdom for judicial decisions, okay? So the Holy Spirit released through us is not limited in expression. So if you're feeling limited, remember that you are never ever, ever left in a position of having to operate in your own strength or understanding. You don't have to be overwhelmed by the tyranny of how in your life. You just need to know what you believe and why you believe it (laughs) and simply obey and walk that out every day, right? The Holy Spirit manifests through us in a plethora of ways, right? The creator of all set things in place with precision and creativity. He not only formed the idea, but also placed it in existence with perfect wisdom. Okay? I share that because that same availability, that same ability is available to us (laughs) when we're connected to the Holy Spirit and remembering that, keeping Holy Spirit and God in remembrance, right? To limit ourselves then is to limit the one inside of us, right? Like mind-blowing. To limit ourselves is to limit the one inside of us. And how often are we limited in what we think and what we say and what we do and what we believe is possible for us or impossible for us, right? We have what we need to do, what he's destined us to do and what he's graced us to do. I can't speak for the other things that we end up doing, right? But we are given exactly what we need to do what he's destined us to do okay because we have his extraordinary wisdom this wisdom gives all of us humans right the skill for new inventions designs and radical ideas that change the course of history in this way we get to be examples of what's possible in the world in the relationships that we have with other people, in the exploits that we get to do with God that it talks about in Daniel, right? We're here to do exploits in greater things, right? In how we love, in how we shine God's light in the world and in dark situations, right? So when we fully lean upon the Lord, we can do amazing things. So I just want to pray this over you and you can receive it if you'd like to. Lord, I don't want to limit what you can do through me. When I'm stuck, remind me that I can lean in and draw from your wisdom. When what's on my heart takes a team to bring to pass, surround me with those who flow with your wisdom and skillfulness. In Jesus' name. Okay? So, so powerful. So what I want to do to wrap up here, hopefully this is syncing, connecting, challenging you in all the best ways. But I wanna challenge you with some thoughts here today, okay? There is something that has been profound revelation that I've seen coming up time and time again, and it's this. The meaning I assign to things, to people, to places, to circumstances, right? Affects the me that shows up and what people experience or what I release into the world, okay? The meaning I assign affects the me that shows up, what I offer, and what people experience. One more time for the people in the back, right? The meaning I assign affects the me that shows up, what I offer, and what people experience. Okay? So just a practical example. When I've been coaching with clients, often businesses come up right, particularly if it's you know somebody that's an entrepreneur or wants to step into entrepreneurship. And when we start stepping into something and we start practicing, we are literally starting to step out, what happens is, is we start to get feedback. <laughs> and when we get feedback, it can make us very uncomfortable and we can assign meaning to that that creates what I often like to call mind drama, okay? Meaning it's not rooted in truth at all, but we make it very real for us. And because we assign that meaning, we show up differently. And usually we show up in ways that we shut down and we overthink and we judge and we criticize and we are of no value. And we say things like, well, I'm just confused or this just isn't working or I don't know what's happening, right? We get into that space (laughs) because we've talked ourselves right out of the bold, brave things that we stepped into, all right? So a practical example with an entrepreneur is I am not confident in what I have to offer. People don't want, this is how you can reveal that, people don't want what I'm offering, right? People won't pay for what I have to give them. Okay, so just try that on for a second. Have you ever thought that thought before? If you're a business owner, you might have. But if you believe that, no matter your industry, right? Usually this this comes out in industries, particularly where there's a degree of pioneering, right? There isn't really a role model or somebody that's gone before and proven. (laughs) There's no social proof that this has been successful, right? So that's typically when these thoughts come up, okay? So when you believe though, that nobody wants what I have to offer, Nobody believes in the value of this thing, whatever this thing is, right? People are are not confident that this will work. Okay, When you start doing that thinking for other people or you start assigning that meaning, what do you think starts happening to you on the receiving end? You can just try this on as an example. What do you think starts happening for you? Well, <laughs> I'll give you some ideas. One is you probably shut down internally, meaning you try to shift the conversation. You don't express or share what you, maybe minutes prior, were actually really passionate about and believed in, right? And the other people don't get to experience the ways that you can help them and add value to their lives, right? And then you probably go home and start thinking about what you have to fix because that's clearly not working, right? Maybe you need to you know, change your title. (laughs) Maybe you need to change what you're offering people or how, how, you know, you answer, "What, what do you do? What do you do? You might need to change how you answer that, right? Time and time again. But inevitably what happens is, is you take this inside, you make it a problem, and then you show up somewhat awkward in settings where you could really be truly helping and serving people. And it probably comes out in all of your communications, whether that's on you know, whether that has to do with sales or marketing or however you're communicating the value that you bring to the world, it creates a mess. Okay. But what if it weren't a problem? Right. What if it weren't a problem? We tend to make things problems that aren't problems. Okay. What if it weren't a problem? Because what I want to hold up for you, and again, getting back to this unfair advantage, when we're thinking thoughts like that, we are not partnered with the spirit of skillfulness and wisdom. We are partnered with what I like to call the spirit of foolishness or the spirit of stupid, right? Like, (laughs) we are not partnered with greatness. We are not partnered with excellence. We're not partnered with boldness and courage in those moments, okay? Again, not good, bad, right or wrong, but what is this revealing to you? Okay, because life constantly offers reasons to not move forward and get what we're inspired to go after. Right. The Lord could download some brilliant revelation to us about the path, right, giving us this vision of where we're going to go. And the minute we step out, if we get freaked out, we could go right back to where we came from. But we are here to be bold and courageous. The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So when you're partnered with the Holy Spirit, that's the spirit you flow in. That's the energy that you have backing you up, right? And when you recognize and acknowledge that, honor and respect the Holy Spirit and invite him into your situations, he can give you wisdom and skill to navigate the discomfort where that is not available to just anybody, Okay. So know this, life will constantly offer reasons to not move forward and get what we're led to get. Constantly. It's actually so easy to make excuses, but the people that are proficient in acknowledging this and pressing past excuses get the outcomes that they set out to get. Victory is ours, right? When we're partner with God, it's not just our victory, it's his victory, and he gets all the credit. So what I like to say is don't negotiate with mind drama, okay? With the foolishness that that our human brain comes up with when it's not the renewed mind, right? Don't negotiate with that. Don't partner with that. Acknowledge it and decide what you're going to partner with to move forward. Don't say that you're confused. Don't say that you don't know. Don't say that you can't. Don't say all of these things that are gonna keep you shut down and ineffective. Remember, who you're partnered with, and that you have an unfair advantage and ask questions that will also bring better results, right? It's one of the most brilliant parts of working with a coach and really going through the process of coaching is that you start to examine things that you often overlook or aren't even aware of. Coaches expose your blind spots, okay? So what am I making this mean? So if you assign the, p- the meaning that people don't want what I have to offer, people don't value this thing, whatever that is, what are you making that mean? You're making it mean that there's a problem. You're making it mean that something is wrong. You're making it mean that there's something that you need to fix in order for whatever you have to offer to be valuable, in order for people to get it. So you start trying to think for them, you start trying to change up everything that you're doing without examining what the heck is going on inside of you. Right? What if it isn't a problem? What if it isn't a problem, right? Why might this be coming up? What might this thought be revealing to you? Maybe at one point in your life, I'm just going to offer this. Maybe at one point in your life, people did not value you or what you had to offer. Is that possible? Maybe at one point in your life, that was true for you. But that doesn't have to be true for your life and what you're doing now. Okay. How do you choose to move forward? Do you want to keep believing that thought and assigning that meaning? What's the you that shows up when you keep believing that? Do you want to keep showing up that way? Well, if you don't and you want to change the you that's showing up, who do you want to show up as and what do you need to believe to show up as that person? Who does Holy Spirit say that you are? What specific scripture is he revealing to you about who you are, what you're capable of, what your purpose is? what to set your sights on in this season. You're powerful, right? And when you choose to identify with that, you'll apply wisdom and get understanding. When you're applying wisdom, you get new feedback in your life and you start to build understanding and new momentum in your life, okay? And I like to say this too, you'll create multiple streams of peace, (laughs) which we definitely want in our life, right? And I shared this yesterday and it was awesome. It just ended up being a prophetic word for a lot of people or just a reassurance because God works through us to other people. But if you truly want the beauty in your life, you have to be willing to give up the ashes. And a lot of times we partner with unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and we partner with all these things to keep ourselves stuck. And then we still want the beauty, but we don't get why we're not getting it. Beauty for ashes. You have to exchange the beauty or the ashes to get the beauty. You have to be willing to let it burn, <laughs> to release the acid, the ashes in order to receive the beauty. I've seen this a lot of times in relationships, right? We might think that an entire relationship is imploding and falling apart and all hope is gone, right? Like we're literally in the dry bones <laughs> scripture. Can these dry bones live, right? Like we're like, no, it just looks totally dead to me. I've given up all hope. It's, it's a lost cause, right? But... If you are willing to release the ashes and extend hope and give the situation to God, you can receive beauties. Often, that's actually reviving that relationship that looked totally gone. Totally gone. There's so many testimonies of that, how God has made that happen. And it's beautiful, right? So I just want you to consider this. You have an unfair advantage when you're partnered with God. But often, we assign meaning that is limited to our own understanding. And we try to show up in our world limited to our own strength. And then we're just showing up just like everybody else. In fact, it often looks like we don't even have a relationship with God. Who is that serving? No one. You're not being an example of what's possible that way at all, right? You're, you're demonstrating more of the same. And at the same time, your life is proph- prophesying what is possible for you. But you have access to God, right? And nothing shall be impossible with God. With man, it might be impossible, but with God, it's not. So when you partner with God, you can get radical results in your life. You literally become a new creation as you walk out life with God, as he sanctifies your mind, renews your mind, your spirit, right? You might have been under the influence of anxiety and fear and doubt and insecurity, and what we call imposter syndrome, right? And and low self-esteem and all these things, but revived with the Spirit of God, you operate in power, love, and a sound mind, particularly in in circumstances that that makes no sense to the world. How are you showing up like that when all this is happening? Well, I'm actually partnered with a really cool person called the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's giving me wisdom right now and strength and joy to show up this way. And I'm so grateful for that, right? So think about it this way. In order to have healthy anything in your life, healthy thinking, healthy relationships, healthy businesses, healthy kids, whatever, right? We have to have healthy minds. And when we live without renewed minds, we impact everyone we come into contact with, okay? And while developing quality intimacy and relationship with God is the standard, right? That plus studying the word so we can really grow in wisdom and understanding and what the Holy Spirit wants to highlight to us in this season. You can just want to offer this too you today. You're welcome. <laughs> you can in just 10 minutes a day change the meaning you assign to things. Retrain your brain 10 minutes a day for 21 days. You can retrain your brain, okay? And why, just consider this, why would you settle for anything less than a mind and life of wholeness? Simple answer, it's easier not to, right? It's just easier to not, it's easier to settle than to actually apply yourselves. But the people listening to this podcast, especially, they're not the ones that settle. You're not one of those people. So here's the thing, how to set your mind right. Here are some practical tips that I will leave you with. Think about what you're thinking about. And specifically, as in the example I provided, what is the meaning that you're assigning to something? Because that changes the me. The meaning I attach to something changes the me that shows up. Okay, so think about what you're thinking about. Identify, is there a thought, a lie, a stronghold here? And the example I presented, yeah, there was a lie that I'm not valuable or that what I have to offer isn't valuable. Is that true? Is it true? Right? Where, like, where were the access points? Why was the enemy able to, to sting you with that? What were the access, access points? So, for example, maybe when you were younger, you believed everything people around you told you because they were authorities and you didn't feel like one and you thought that that was true. And then you just practiced it. So maybe you need to shut access to that now. Repent for believing that thing and shut access to it, right? And what are your blind spots now? Where where maybe haven't you shored up your faith with Holy Spirit yet? To help you really walk out the unfair advantage, right? And then put the right things on repeat. To think that a renewed mind just suddenly happens by default, right? That we just rest or maybe we listen to a sermon and it just comes through our pillow while we're sleeping, like osmosis, right? To just think that that's how it happens. No, (laughs) no. Put the right things on repeat. The word of God. Faith comes by hearing, but by hearing the word of God, not just by hearing random things. Okay. Make space, make more space probably than you think is necessary to hear the word of God on repeat. To pray, a lot of times we spend all of our time worrying or murmuring or complaining or getting caught up in all sorts of junk, right? And we could pray. Put gratitude on repeat. What are you grateful for? Rather than what's not working, what needs to change? You'll be happy when? No, you can be happy now. It's called gratitude, right? And praise. Praise. You don't want to be a master at tearing things down. You want to be a master at building things up and bringing life, right? Praise. You become what you rehearse. That's what creates, you know, we without thinking can assign meaning to something. That's why it's so important to think about what you're thinking about. And as we assign that meaning, we can think it over and over again. And then that's when it becomes a stronghold. We become then what we rehearse. So if you are thinking a lie, you usually are weakening yourself over time. Mm. And then you're not being the powerhouse that you're here to be. Not fun, not fun at all, okay? So here is just a simple formula for 10 minutes a day. If you tell me you do not have 10 minutes in your day, you have bigger problems, okay? Not even saying an hour, right? 10 minutes. Listen to the word of God for 2.5 minutes. That could be the Bible app, right? They have great ministers of the word, right? That will break down a scripture for you every day. A new scripture. 2.5 minutes. Pray for two minutes. Sincerely open your heart up to God and pray for two minutes. Gratitude. Give thanks for what is in your life. Especially when the world gets darker, right? You can turn up your light by turning up your gratitude. And praise for 2.5 minutes. That together is 10 minutes, my friend. 10 minutes. And you know what often happens? We say that we don't have time to renew our minds. We don't have time to read the word of God. We don't have time to pray. That's why when somebody comes to us with a prayer request, okay, great. I'll pray about it. No, you won't. Don't say that if you're not going to pray about it, right? Pray right there in that moment with that person. Gratitude. Out of all of the minutes in your day, how much of them are actually focused on you being grateful? And out of all of the minutes in your day, how much of them are you actually praising and giving thanks? Insight, insight. This might step on your toes out of love, right? Because healthy love does confront out of love, right? It does not enable behavior that keeps you limited and stuck, okay? You have an unfair advantage to just your average person when you believe in and partner with God. And there's so much available to you through developing intimacy, literally seeing into God, growing in wisdom and understanding of God, who He is, who He's created you to be, who He put you on this earth to be for such a time as this, right? There's so much resource and skill available to you out of that relationship, cultivating that relationship. And then as you walk out the guidance that you're given, you start to build new momentum in your life, which also increases your confidence, gives you a greater tracking record of walking with God, which makes you more bold, right? More likely to step out and be courageous with new adventures, new exploits, right? It changes the meaning you assign to things. You don't have to be limited, but often we settle for that. Okay, so I just want to invite you to think about this today. You have an unfair advantage. What are you doing with that? Are you using it to serve, to love, to contribute? What are you mastering in? Think about that. It's really time to own your worth, right? To quit playing small so that you can courageously shine and make the impact that you're here to make. And you're not gonna do that when you don't know that you have the competitive advantage or when you assign the wrong meaning to things and you refuse to renew your mind. That's where it starts. That's where the battle is, all right? So I'm just releasing this message to you today. Hopefully, it is increasing your expectancy for what is available to you and really charging you with taking ownership of what you pursue. That's my hope for you today. And if you would like to take this further and really make this practical and real for your for you in your life in the most simple ways over time, <laughs> right? No quick fixes here. Coaching is something that I believe is the vehicle that is... Probably the most most life-changing vehicle to process who you're becoming that I've ever encountered in my entire life. And if you want to experience that first change firsthand and try that on for yourself, visit Julianapage.com. I have a couple more spots open. Just looking at my calendar here. <laughs> I have a couple more spots open if you do want to partner in coaching. I also have something called the Gods Vibes Matter. Right, God's Vibes Mastermind. This is a mastermind that is quite more than something. It is power packed with self-guided studies, videos, homework assignments, live coaching, community, prayer calls, ongoing support that you have lifetime access to. You do have to apply to get in here because I actually take people through live rounds of this and then you can continue to go through once you are in. So if you wanna get plugged into that, You can apply over at julianapage.com. There's also books and other tools over there to support you on your journey so that you can grow in your spiritual leadership and capacity, all right? I hope this message blessed you, and until next time, stay blessed.